several years ago when I was still working on Capitol Hill. I was on my way to work one morning and when I reached the top of the escalator at the Capitol South Metro stop, the familiar voice of a Capitol Police officer boomed across the street to me, have you got Jesus? Well, unfortunately my edit neurons don't start firing until I've had my second cup of coffee. And I'm afraid I blurted out, oh no, is he missing? <laughs> the encounter reminded me that within our enormous and diverse community of believers, people give voice to their faith in different ways. As many of you know, I didn't grow up in the United Methodist Church. In the Baptist Church of my boyhood, where I learned everything I know about dancing, the, the imposition of ashes was considered a suspiciously high church practice. So was the use of a lectionary. So you can imagine my confusion the first time I attended an Ash Wednesday service. In the gospel reading, we were cautioned to beware of, to beware of practicing our piety before others. Right before walking out of the church with ashes on our foreheads. So how do we make sense of this? Well, to be honest, I hadn't been listening quite carefully enough. Jesus didn't say that we should never practice piety in front of others. He said that we should beware of practicing piety before others in order to be seen by them. He said to beware, to be careful, because practicing piety in public has consequences. When we signal to people around us that we're disciples of Christ, we had better walk the talk. Because for some people, we are the face of the Christian faith. Fortunately, the Capitol policeman who called out, have you got Jesus, was always kind to congressional staff and helpful to tourists. I think about my own Christian witness a lot in traffic. I've always tried to be patient in traffic because I have a lot of respect for the harm that can be done by a 4,000 pound automobile. But a few years ago, my doctor had me taking large doses of prednisone for an extended period of time and it made me really cranky. And I found that I was increasingly irritable and frankly uncharacteristically aggressive behind the wheel. And eventually it dawned on me that I had a sticker on the back of my truck that said, Wesley Theological Seminary. <laughs> and a magnet that said, Mount Olivet United Methodist Church, my home church at the time. And I thought about what my conduct behind the wheel might be saying to others about the Christian faith. Because when you put a Christian bumper sticker on your car, every day is Ash Wednesday. Well, I took this to heart, and you know what I did? I went out and removed the sticker <laughs> and the magnet. I resisted the temptation to put a sticker for the Candler School of Theology. Pastor Sarah's alma mater in his place. And by the way, when Jesus spoke of practicing piety in public, 
I don't think he was weighing in on the question of whether we should pray in a restaurant. But if we do choose to say a blessing when we're having a meal in a restaurant, it's important that our dinner conversation reflects favorably on our Christian faith. And to be honest, the size of the tip that we, met, uh, we leave behind matters too. Or if someone offers us cookies and we've given up sweets for Lent, we need to be gracious in declining rather than making a big show of our Lenten fast, or as Jesus put it, disfiguring our faces to show others that we're fasting. We need to be careful because practicing piety in public has consequences. Jesus was also telling us to remember why we observe these practices in the first place. There's a difference between practicing piety in front of others and practicing piety in order to be seen by others. We read scripture and we pray and meditate and fast to remember who we are and who God is and who we are in relation to God to remember that we need God, to be drawn into the presence of God, to be drawn closer to God. As we enter these 40 days of Lent, a time of introspection, we're invited to store up treasures in heaven through private acts of worship, through reading scripture, through prayer, through meditation, through fasting. That might sound daunting, but it really isn't. If we try to enter into a greater awareness of the presence of God, God will meet us more than halfway. In the eighth chapter of Romans, the Apostle Paul writes that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. We don't have to be clever or wise or well-read. We only need to be willing. And so we begin this season of reflection with our intentions clearly visible right on our foreheads. But why ashes? Ashes were used in ancient times to express grief or repentance. The prophet Jeremiah spoke of girding on sackcloth and rolling in ashes. And Daniel spoke of pleading to God in earnest prayer with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. In the early church, Christians continued the practice of using ashes as a sign of repentance. So on this first day of Lent, we're marked with ashes, not to practice our piety to impress others, but to remind us that we have fallen short as individuals and as a community of faith. We're marked with ashes to remind us that we have failed to love God with our whole hearts, we're marked with ashes to remind us that we have failed to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're marked with ashes to remind us how much we need God's grace. We're marked with ashes not to parade our piety in front of others, but to remember who God is and who we are, to remember how much we need God's grace, to remember how much God loves us, and to be drawn closer to the one who chose to walk among us as one of us, to suffer with us, to exhaust the power of sin in his own body, 
and to break the chains of death now and forever. Amen.